0: The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams from the service already in progress. Amen. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. I must tell Jesus, I cannot bear these burdens alone. God bless you. Good morning to all of you. It's a blessing to come together. Even though all of us are not seeing one another, we're together in the spirit of God. And where two or three are gathered together in his name, he promised there I would be in the midst of, of them yes we cannot bear this burden alone you know beloved it's been a while since i've updated you with re- with regards to this pandemic and the church uh, when we might come together again for in person worship services but you know one of the reasons i haven't sent you an update recently is because things have been about the same if not worse. And you know what? We can't be in a hurry as much as we long to see one another, to be with one another, to love one another, to fellowship with one another. We cannot afford to be in a hurry. We just have to wait on the Lord. And when the Lord is through, we're going to get our breakthrough. And the Lord will stretch forth his hand and he will stay this pandemic And he will cause things to be stabilized and even eliminated to the point where you and I will be able to come back together again. But you can't hurry God. We must wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. And he'll renew your strength. Glory to God. Yes, we will mount up with wings as eagles. We shall walk and not be weary. We shall run and not be faint. Glory to God. Amen. So hold on. You know, beloved, it doesn't look like we're going to be able to get back into the church for worship services for the rest of this year. Now, that would have been unthinkable to me several months ago. But you know the reality on the ground, and that's what we got to deal with. Our first obligation is the health and the welfare of God's people. And I'm committed to keeping you safe. And so it doesn't look like we're going to get back into the church before this year's out. And there's only less than three months in this year that's left. And Lord willing, perhaps we can come together again in the new year. The earlier, the better. Glory to God. So that's my update that I didn't send to you. But that's the update that I'm sharing with you right here, right now. And we're still going to be thankful. We're still going to have gratitude. We heard that powerful testimony about having gratitude. It's important to have an attitude of gratitude. In everything, give thanks unto the Lord. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. And beloved, I hope you've gone out to vote. Uh, early voting has started, and uh, and if you received a, a mail-in ballot, I hope you've mailed it in, and thank God there is a degree of comfort. If you mail in your ballot, you can track it online, and uh, I've already received an email confirming that my mail-in ballot has been received, so I'm very grateful to God, and that was a sigh of relief with, with all the trickeration going on. That's right, trickeration. With all the trickeration going on, I was relieved. And then when I found out, I heard about how long the lines are at some polling uh, places and how long people have had to stay in line. I said, Lord, thank you for that mail-in ballot. And so whatever you have to do, whether you, you have a mail-in ballot or whether you want to go to early voting, whatever you have to do, do it. Just plan to get it done. Because your vote is critical. Your vote can make a big difference. And so I encourage you all to vote and let your voices be heard in Jesus' name. Beloved, this morning I'm reading to you from the Gospel of Mark chapter 11. In Mark chapter 11, I want to begin reading to you at verse 12. Now the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for the figs, In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit on you ever again. In response, Jesus said to it. He prophesied to it. He spoke prophetically to this tree. And the words of his prophecy was, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. Now verse 20, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. And today I want to begin a series of messages that I'm calling, You'll Have What You Say. You'll have what you say. And I'm calling this message today, as a subtitle, I'm using Prophetic Power. Prophetic Power. Here in our text, we find that Jesus, the next day, he left Jerusalem, and he came out of Bethany... And the Bible says he was hungry. He had a circumstance. Jesus had a situation. And the situation, the circumstance was he was hungry. What do you do when you're hungry? Well, you seek to find something to eat. And that's exactly what Jesus did. So he saw a fig tree and he came to the tree and he found nothing on the tree's but leaves for it was not the season for figs. Now even though it wasn't the season for figs there should have been small or tiny figs still on the tree. But he came to the tree and he found nothing but leaves. How many times in your circumstance in your situation where you had a need and you sought to meet that need And you found out that nothing was happening. Absolutely nothing was responding. So what did Jesus do? He used his prophetic power. He spoke to the tree. You might say that's insane. You might say that's crazy. It isn't nonsense to speak to your circumstances. Even if... You're speaking to an an inanimate object. You speak to it. And when you speak, those are words of prophecy. You're exercising your prophetic power. So even though Jesus spoke to the tree, seemingly nothing was happening. And when you speak to your circumstances, when you exercise your prophetic power, Many times it may appear from the outside. It may appear externally. Nothing is happening. But the following morning, as Jesus and disciples passed by, that same fig tree that Jesus had spoke to prophetically, the fig tree was dried up. It was dried up. And Peter was astounded. Peter says, Master, Master, look at here. The fig tree that you cursed. And I want you to know, when you use your prophetic power, when you move in prophecy, you can use it to speak a blessing or speak a curse. But be careful. Oftentimes, that curse will boomerang and come right back on you. Because your words have power. So Peter said, Master, look, the fig tree which you've cursed has withered away. Jesus simply said to him, he explained to him, just have faith in God. Never stop speaking the word. Never stop speaking to your circumstances. Regardless if you don't see anything happening or not, just have faith. In God. Then he went on to explain to them how this thing really works. He says, for surely, in other words, verily, in other words, truthfully, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart. See, that's where the problem is. We speak words and it don't come to pass because of doubt. But they come to pass in our doubt, in a doubtful way. It's going to come to pass one way or the other. When you speak them in faith, then it comes to pass in a way that blesses you. But when you speak them in doubt, it comes to pass in a way that curses you. But he says, do not doubt in your heart. But believe in those things that you say and they will be done but you will have whatever you say. and That's what I'm talking about this morning. You will have what you say. You have power. You have prophetic power. You will have what you say. So in this passage, in Mark chapter 11, Jesus demonstrated and he taught his disciples the principle of prophetic power. He says, if you're faced with a mountain, figuratively speaking, and many of us have been faced with mountains. In other words, we were faced with high walls, thick walls, a mountain of walls, figuratively speaking. He says, if you're faced with a mountain, if you're faced with a challenge, some difficulty, or what seems to be impossible. Some situations just seem impossible. It's not because they're not possible. They just seem impossible. He said, if you have faith in God, if you have faith in God, then God can do anything. How many believe what I'm saying? If you have faith in God, then God can do anything according to the spirit of faith. We have in the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, we have believed and therefore we have spoken. You also believe and therefore speak. And this is what the psalmist said in Psalms 116 verse 10. This is what the apostle Paul quoted in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. He says, we have in the same spirit of faith. Therefore, I have believed and therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. That is the spirit of faith. We speak what we believe. And the spirit of faith is prophetic power. Oh God, it's prophetic power. So Jesus operated he operated with words of prophetic power. And then he went on to explain the mechanics of how prophetic power works. He taught his disciples how the moving parts of prophetic power actually works. He said to them that prophetic power was really a spirit of faith. He says, when you speak, you got to have faith in God, have faith in God. And the mechanics were simply this, summed up in verse 23 of Mark chapter 11. He says, surely, in other words, you can take this to the bank. This is the truth. Verily, he said, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. In other words, whosoever shall prophesy to their mountain. Be thou removed and be cast into the sea. And do not doubt in your heart. Whatever you do, do not doubt in your heart. But believe those things that he says. Believe those things that he prophesies. Believe those things that he says and that they will come to pass. Then he shall have whatsoever he says. Then he shall have whatsoever he's prophesied. Glory to God. So what are the mechanics of the spirit of prophecy? How do these parts work? These are moving parts. And you have to put them all in motion. He said, first, you had to say it. You got to say it. You got to open your mouth and prophesy what God has said concerning his promise. If God has promised you healing and you're sick, open your mouth and prophesy healing and wholeness. God has already promised, I'll supply all you need according to your riches and glory. So open your mouth and prophesy abundance. Prophesy supply. Whatever you need, prophesy. So Jesus said, here's how this thing works. He says, you got to believe it. You got to say it and not doubt it. It's real simple. Believe it and receive it. Let me say that again. There's only four moving parts here. He says, number one, say it. Go ahead and say it. Whatever your challenge is, whatever your situation is, whatever that mountain is before you, something that seems impossible, some great difficulty, go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Use your prophetic power. Then number two, he says, don't doubt it. Don't be moved by circumstances. Don't be moved by the external. Don't doubt it. That's number two. Then number three says, believe it. Believe it. In other words, act as though it's so. Then number four, he says, receive it. Say it. Don't doubt it. Believe it and receive it. And he says, you shall have. Whatsoever you say, you shall have whatsoever you prophesy. We prophesy all the time and don't realize it. And we wonder why we receive the outcomes we receive in life. We receive the consequences that we receive in life because that's what we've been prophesying. That's what we've been saying. And beloved, you'll have what you say. So the spirit of faith can be exercised with both positive positive. And negative words. So many people only speak negative things and then they moan and groan and complain about bad things happening to them. That's what you've been prophesying. And what you prophesy is what comes to pass. But the spirit of faith can be exercised from not just positive with positive words, but also with negative words. We got to accentuate the positive. And to accentuate the positives, is to say what God has said. Stand on God's word and speak God's word. Let your heart and your mouth be filled with God's word. For out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. So if you're speaking and prophesying negative stuff about your life, that's because that's where you are. And surely what you've said and refuse a doubt, it will surely come to pass. Glory to God. But there's power in words. Glory to God, there's power in words. We don't understand how powerful words is. You know, Jesus was called the word. That's because he was all power. Jesus was called the word. He was the word of God, sent from God. There's power in words and you'll have what you say, huh? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What was the writer of Proverbs saying? He was saying that death and life is in your mouth. It's in the power of the tongue. And whichever one you love, whichever one you have affection for, but they that love us shall eat the fruit thereof. In other words, whatever your affection is, if you have an affection to live and you love life, he says you'll receive the consequences of life. But on the other hand, if you have an affection for, for death and darkness, that's what you'll be speaking and the reason he keep speaking that because you have an affection for the, those things that are dark and dismal, and he says you will receive the consequences of that. That your consequences are fruit, beloved. Your consequence. There's nothing that happens in life that's not a result of choice and consequences we made. How do we express our choice and consequences? We express them through the words we speak. We express them through our prophetic power. So death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So what is the Lord saying there? You can save your life and you can lose your life by your own prophetic power. So the words you're speaking are the life-saving words. The words you've been speaking are the words of death. Words that lead to destruction. Words that lead to demise of, of yourself. You can save your life by speaking life. And you'll lose your life by speaking death. Why? It's power in words. This is why all Jesus had to do was speak to the fig tree. That's all he did. He just spoke to it because he knew that his words would bring death to that tree. Jesus did not speak a blessing on the fig tree. He spoke a curse and a curse came to pass. Proverbs 26 verse 2 says, the curse causeless shall not come there's always a justification for a curse to come into your life. If there's a curse in your life, there is some explanation, some justification for the curse coming. Curses don't just come into people's life randomly. The curse causeless shall not come. And I'm telling you, some of the things we experience in life Some of the consequences we have to grapple with. They're they're more of a curse than they ever could be a blessing. And you know those things are true in your own life. And you know what's happening in your life. Ask yourself, are these consequences my blessing or are these consequences my curse? And if they're my curse, then what have I been prophesying? What have I been saying? Because what you say is what you get. You have what you say. Matthew chapter 12, verse 37, Jesus taught his disciples that. He says, by the words of your mouth, you shall be justified. And by the words of your mouth, you shall be condemned. Whoa. By the words of your mouth. If you don't like what's going on in your life, then you got to ask yourself, what have I been saying? What have I been saying? What have I been prophesying? See, by the words of your mouth, you shall be justified. By the words of your mouth, you shall be condemned. Your words spoken will prophesy. Your words will prophesy grace and righteousness or your words will prophesy guilt and judgment. Your words will prophesy favor or your words will prophesy condemnation. Your words will prophesy that because you have prophetic power. So in closing, what, what, what is the solution here? The Lord is telling us, watch your mouth. You know, that's what my mom used to tell me as a little boy. I had a real bad habit as a little boy. Real bad habit. I curse than sailors. And I'll never forget the story. My mother was... Uh, told many times to many people when she found out how bad I curse. She said, the boy, that, that little boy Jerry, he was out in the backyard hammering something and he hit his f- hand with the hammer and you wouldn't believe all the cuss words that little boy said. Well, I learned those cuss words from one of her friends. She's gone on, perhaps be the Lord, but well, one of her friends named Francis cussed really bad, and I learned from Francis how to cuss. Just cussed all the time. And my mother said, boy, you better watch your mouth. But you know what? I don't cuss no more. I don't cuss no more. The words that come out of my mouth are words unto justification. They're words unto righteousness. I don't cuss no more. Now, I got a lot of preacher friends I can't say that about. Some of my preacher friends... Really not a cuss. Lord Jesus, they can cuss. They can cuss in one minute and be speaking in tongues the next minute. You have to know that's not them. That has to be the Spirit of God the way they cuss. Huh? But my mother used to say, Boy, watch your mouth. And that's what God is telling us here. That we gotta watch our mouths. We got to not only watch our mouths, we got to watch our minds. Jesus said, whoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart. That's, That's your mind there. Doubt occurs in your mind. Why would we doubt what God said? Why don't we doubt the things that God didn't say and believe what God says and keep doubting the things he didn't say? The Lord is teaching us to watch our mouths. Why? Because we'll have what we say, we'll have what we prophesy. Glory. I'm reminded right now of the young child Samuel the prophet. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, you find where the young child Samuel grew. He grew up, and the Lord was with him. And the Lord did not let any of his words fall to the ground. Don't miss this. Samuel, the child prophet, the Lord did not let none of his words fall to the ground. And the Lord's not going to let our words fall to the ground. If the words... Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship, where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor, proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net, 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.